let a man so account of us as of the ministry of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That is 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. What's up, Tom? What's up, Kyle? It's been two weeks. Yes, which I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to announce that. Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, we're on a two-week schedule now. So instead of every Friday, um, every other Friday, um, we'll have a, a new installment of Thinking Well. Um, and really, we just wanted to take a, kind of take a step back and just make sure that we we had ample time to, pre- to prepare, really, yeah. for every episode. Um, and we think uh, it'll be more excellent that way. Absolutely. I think so. Well, I want to get right into it. It's January. Um, if you're a member of Lake Worth Baptist Church, you already know this, but it's Stewardship Month. Uh, for every month, for about 40-plus years in our church, we uh, designate January as the month that we dive into our finances, dive into what God tells us about how to manage our money, how to be stewards of our, our funds. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about. But we do have two guests with us. Uh, we have uh, the associate pastor and head pastor of Lake Worth Baptist Church, Daniel Kaufman and Zachary Hatton. Hello. Everybody. What's going on? It's always so official. I have to say this every time when you use their full names. It's like, like they're here. Zachary it's Hatton. Daniel yeah. and Zachary. In, yeah, in the office today. And I think uh, with this, uh, with this uh, appearance makes it our most uh, frequent guest. Yeah, for sure. The three-timer club. The three. Uh, I was I was trying to remember how many times we we. Oh, mine's in. four, I think, isn't it? Well, together. Zach is, Zach is better. Together, it's three. Yeah, I think I'm one yeah. times better Zach, than uh, you. Yeah, he does have yeah, one on you. One, yeah, you're one time, <laughs> one time better than yeah. one more. You get a jacket. Right. <laughs> nice. Make it happen, Captain. But yeah, no. I mean, obviously, you know, we we heard a message about it today. We we always have an afternoon service as well, where we dive into more practical finances, but. Definitely wanted to jump into this as more of a discussional topic. Um, it's it's definitely something that I think an overwhelming percentage of Christians and I, just people in general struggle with. Yeah, and, and not just the monetary side of it. I I think, and I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the throughout the episode. But some of us would find it easier to get on board with. Well, I gave God the ten percent. That's what He requires of me as a steward. Um, I've done my part, and then now I'm going to move on with my life because I, I don't have anything that I have to be a good steward of. Uh, and, I mean, some people may struggle with that, and some people may struggle with that at certain points in their life. Uh, I know I have. But there's different forms of stewardship that we need to take as well if we look at the fact that everything we have is God's. And I thought uh, Terry, who does our... Uh, Terry Leeper, who's one of our deacons and also does the afternoon uh, financial portion for us, made a really good point of that last week uh, when he was like, it's not just we're going to talk about finances, but finances is just a small portion of our stewardship. We're responsible for everything we have, um, our, our talents, our family, our kids, everything comes from God. We're just here to he's given it to us to manage for him. Um, which, which I thought he did a really good job of pointing out last week. And I, I think if we can 
kind of get more in that mindset and focus of while our finances are maybe something that a lot of people struggle with, uh, I almost think sometimes it's, it's, we struggle with even more like, well, then my time, I'm also have to be a steward of my time because all the time that I've been given is given to me by God as well. Am I stewarding that well? Uh, and I thought that the, the verse that we opened with was really key. Uh, that, that last portion of verse one where it says, and stewards of the mysteries of God, uh, I thought was like, whoa, we're, we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Um, and, and Paul does uh, go into some explanation that when you look at uh, Colossians 1, um, where he explains that the mystery has been revealed in us, right? That Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if we approach that as stewards, are we being good stewards of the hope of glory that we've been given in every facet of our lives? Um, that was kind of where my thought process went on this topic um, for this week, not just, not just focusing so much on the financial aspect of it, but are we faithful to be good stewards in all of the facets that we've been given? Gentlemen? What say you? Thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Christian worldview is one where, I, I mean, I, I would challenge somebody to find another worldview with as much potential and purpose as their Christian worldview. Uh, God gives us potential and purpose in everything that we do and all the relationships what we have with with what we have and. Um, it's it's kind of like this. It's just like God gives, so you you come at it with that approach, life, time, resources, and and just in a joyful as a father to a child, a father to a son to a daughter, it just says make it better. I'm giving you this and make it better, and and that's a pretty optimistic approach. Uh, that gives a lot of glimmer to life. It gives a lot of hope to life. Uh, when you're, when everything is a gift, and then also an encouraging gift that you have control over, it's not some burden. Man, it's it's an opportunity and yeah. a great opportunity. And and I mean, I know this is outside the purview, but I just just for the sake of me talking about it, I mean, just like find find that in atheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, find that in uh, Kantism. Uh, find find that in uh, nihilism. Doesn't exist. I mean, like there, you're just struggling. You're striving just to strive. You're who's that guy that rolled the stone up the hill just to, uh, ad nauseum? Uh, uh, it escapes me. Sisyphus. Uh, Sisyphus. Yeah, you're just like Sisyphus rolling a big fat stone up that for no reason. Well, God gives you a reason. Yeah. It's like, he's make it better and, and do it for my glory. And in that way, it, it magnifies his glory. And, I, and that's what I, I love about the subject of stewardship. Yeah, I like, your, I like your thought on it too, Tom, that a lot of times in stewardship, we, we focus primarily on finances. And I think that's true because finances are probably the truest measure of where our heart is. It was like you heard a sermon on that. Yeah, I, yeah. So I've also read the Bible uh, <laughs> once. Um, but but it, but it really is true that you know yeah. what, what we love, we 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 tend to uh, throw money at it, mm-hmm. and um, well, whether that's like pursuing a relationship or whatever, uh, we 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 tend to do that. And so, uh, 
I, I think that's the easy um, target for stewardship. I also think there's no better way to talk about money and finances than to talk about them in terms of stewardship. Right. Yeah. But Correct. to your point, uh, you know, like God, God hasn't given us just money. Uh, it's not original to me, but, 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 you know, three groups of, of time, talent and treasure. Um, he, you know, he gives us uh, time that we have to redeem for the glory of God. He gives us money that we should be redeeming for the glory of God. And he gives us a, a ability, natural ability. You guys are, are here because you, you know how to talk. Um, you, you have some, uh, skills with recording and, and digital asset management. And so you, you are stewarding that for God's glory. And, and that's great. Um, one of the things that we talked about, uh, last week when I preached, I know I didn't get quoted, uh, yet, uh, for, for having taught during stewardship month. It's but, coming. You know, oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just remember that. Uh, but we, we, we spoke out of, uh, first Chronicles 29 where, or David is is praying, and he says, "Both riches and honor come of these. Like w- whatever I make, and whatever is made out of my life, it all comes from God. That that is, uh, you know, to say that that everything we have in our lives and everything we become in our lives is because of the touch of the hand of God on our lives, and to live more." to live every day in an awareness of God's goodness in your life is, is, is really like, to me, that's kind of the essence of, of stewardship is that God has blessed us immensely uh, with things that are his. Um, and how are we using those, maximizing those for his glory? Stewardship is a weird word, um, but it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, it's a, it's a, a Bible word and we don't all have, so much stuff that we need to hire a steward to take care of it for us. Um, but, you know, the, the, the concept of understanding that, that everything is God's and, and we're responsible for how we take care of it is it's pretty simple to understand. Yeah, the reason we, we focus to your question, I, I, and we talked about it encompassing everything, but the reason we talk about money really like in stewardship, like on Sunday morning services, Sunday afternoon, and that's when we get to practical finance. Uh, but it's because a lot of Christians, it's, it's probably twofold, maybe threefold. Sinners makes things super hard. Ignorance, not a lot of people know about it. And then uh, mismanagement, sometimes we're just plain bad at it. Yeah. And uh, we got to be able to fit God into that equation um, and the reason you need to jar people out of their their way of thinking because we we really do this. We think in, like this is my money, this is my paycheck, this is it's mine. You're like those seagulls on Finding Nemo. You know, so, yeah, mine. Yeah, mine, there mine, it is. Mine, <laughs> mine. Deep cut reference right there. That's right. That's right. Um, and so it's it's like shaking somebody out of that and then getting to the think beyond, you know, their uh, overpriced coffee purchases. And look, I'm not I'm not just I almost did that today before I came up here. If I had time, <laughs> you better believe I, I would have had something in my hand after a Sunday. Um, but your overpriced coffee, like we make time and and make purchases for us and everything else, and then it kind of just edges God out of the whole 
picture. And we, you know, we say we talk about tithe, but like, quite honestly, you think about the, the culture of our congregation. Wow, there's a lot of new Christians in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't know about tithing. They don't know the difference between tithing and offering or tithing and offering and what we talked about today, faith, promise, missions, giving. And, and so we're making, we're making all of these purchases and doing all of these things. And really God's work is sidelined and hampered both by ignorance. We don't know that this is how God finances work. And then we're just really bad managers sometimes. Yeah. And in, and unless you talk in these hard, fast terms, I mean, you guys get it. You've been a part of this church, what, 20 years? You know, how long has it been for you, Tom? Oh, four, five, maybe. I think it's going on five. Okay, four or five. And then, uh, Kyle, all your life, <laughs> literally. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. uh, and, and and so it's it's like almost second nature. But I got I'll tell you this: that is not second nature for a lot of churches. Not second nature for a lot of Christians. They have no clue. Right. Uh, well, far be it for me to to allow that to happen inside of our congregation. The reason why we're able to make such good progress, by the way, as a church like the size of ours, because I, I don't know, but, uh, Dan would would be a Mid-size or a small church on statistics is mid-size. We're probably mid-size. The average church in America is about eighty, so we're about, okay. We're mid. Yeah, so so we're a little over mid-size, and I, I I would be really surprised if there was uh, uh you know the average church un, uh, is able to do the kinds of things that we're able to do and accomplish the kind of financial things that we're able to accomplish because everybody's on board. Um, average church gives about 20% their congregation. Give, so 20% of the whole congregation shoulders the, the primary burden of that, of that congregation. And, and the, that, this goes for salaries and programs, 20%. Uh, we are well, well over that. Uh, obviously, we would like everybody on board. I'm not going to force people to do it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, peering into people's bank accounts. And be like, what are you doing? You know, <clears throat> that's not my style. I, I, I want it to be God. Not This is not a guilt trip show. Um, but I will say, because we talk about it every year, uh, every, since everybody's on the same page, we're, we're able to bring in a significant amount of money and do uh, all kinds of projects uh, all around the world. And I, I think that is amazing, but it's, it's because we're intentional about it. And if you're listening to this and you're a pastor, wow, you probably need to implement it and, and like give, give your, your congregation like a, like a, 10 question test about it and, and just you'll, you'll cry probably at the answers. Um, I just, I just refuse to do that because it not only re- robs, you know, God, it not only robs the church of um, people of the opportunity to give, but it, man, it, it robs you of opportunities just in general. Like you're not able to function. You're not able to, to take care of things like how many how many um, how much money would you say we spent on like air conditioners and 
whatever, just in the last year. This wasn't a bad year. This wasn't a bad summer, but it was, there was something, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we've probably spent $5,000 on ACs. And we just, we just had that at the drop of a hat. Right. The year before that, it was fifteen. Fifteen. yeah. And we, and we paid that in cash just because we had it on hand. That's amazing. But that's stewardship. So that's why we talk about it every year. Well, and I, I don't think it, I, I think it's not only beneficial. Well, I don't think, I know that it's not only beneficial for newer Christians who haven't heard these concepts before, but for what we would consider seasoned Christians as well. Right. right like sure. this is a time of year that I both look forward to and am apprehensive about because <laughs> I know that I'm about to come under some pretty heavy conviction in my life. Right. Um, yeah. so it's not something that like just young Christians don't understand the concept of It's something that it as, I mean, I guess I would be considered a seasoned Christian. I, I guess I'm pretty to, seasoned. I, I guess bro. I have to accept that. <laughs> yes. I'm probably the beard, oldest guy in the room, in your beard hair. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's something that, you know, I, do fail at it's something yeah. that i do struggle with uh it's something that where i'm i might be at the opposite end of how i started talking about stewardship where i find it easy to give my time and everything else and but when it gets to the financial portion of it that's where i seem to struggle more right yeah. um so where you might have a group of Christians who are at one end of the spectrum where the, the financial portion of it is just like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, what? No, that's not an issue. Like, sure, let's go. And at the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are, who are you know, potentially more like me where it's like, what, time? Like, I don't need time for myself. I'll, I'll give every spare moment of time that I have to God. But it's not just being faithful in one thing or the right. other. It's yeah. being faithful in all of it, which is why I've found these beginning of the year uh, just series on stewardship to be b very beneficial for me because it helps kind of. Oh, wow. The Holy Spirit just works on me pretty hard. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what some people reconcile. Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, I, I don't tithe or I don't give per se, but man, I, I give a lot of my time or I, I'm in a band, the worship band, mm -hmm. or I'm in, you know, whatever ministry. So I, I give that way. No, right. no, no, no. Uh, yeah. You've you've missed the point of stewardship if you're if you're trying to like cut corners on it. Um, and I'll, 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 uh, I'll take your argument of, I give my time and I'll raise you. God wants everything. Yeah. But it's all his, it's all his anyway, <laughs> that's, right? That's like, exactly that's right. Us, yeah. That's us. That's it. And uh, another great point that, that Terry made is like, it, that's, that's us making, well, God will use whatever I give him to his glory. No, God's not supposed to be the steward of the things that we want to give him. Mm, correct. He's, he, we're to be the stewards of the things that he gave us. It's not, well, I'll give my stuff to God and then he can use it however he's, he wants to. No, he's given things to us and then he's instructed us on how to use those things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great time of year. It's, yeah. it's, it's always very refreshing and very, uh, uh like I said, convicting. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me being honest. Well, let me ask you, uh, like, about today. Mm -hmm. uh, was there anything, and, and it's not a, I, I'm, almost sounds like I'm fishing. I'm not trying to fish. Uh, tell me how good I did this yeah, morning. Yeah, tell me, tell me how amazing it was. Uh, no, <laughs> like, for today, though, I mean, like, w was there any clarity uh, in regard to, like, faith promise missions? Or is that something already squared away? 
So I'm so faith promise missions to for from my experience has always been something a, a little different where like I, I come from a kind of a more of a Baptist culture where people like actually like wrote things down on cards and turned it in yeah. and that was there and it's like for a lot of that and I'm not saying if your church does that that that's a bad thing to do but sometimes that that comes off sometimes as like posturing where people are like well I committed this much and right. I committed this much yeah. whereas um, the last few churches I've been in um, have spoken of faith promise missions but have specifically said you know write something down but that's between you and God and I don't need to know about what you wrote down between you and God but you need to execute on it because that's your commitment that you're making. Um, and th that's how mission work gets done, right? Uh, right. The, the tithe is there to sustain the church, and then uh, offerings are above and beyond that. But then missions giving is something that we have to, by faith, say, the Lord has impressed this upon my heart. I'm going to give this to that work, right? right. Um, but that, I mean, coming from a missionary family, that's always been something that's been a yeah, pretty you lived easy, off of that, yeah, you? Yeah, a pretty sure. easy concept for me to... Uh, comprehend but again there's a lot of people who don't understand that concept right. and that that's how mission work gets done uh, and sure we can we can sustain it I, I know churches that are like well we're gonna set 10 percent of our tithe aside to missions yeah, and that's that how before. we're gonna get missions done yeah, right and, 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 and that's that's fine yeah. too i mean however your church does it but Giving two missions has to get done because and I, I do like the point that's been made multiple times here by you and others, Zach, is like somebody had a mind for missions yeah. originally in Absolutely. order for this church to get established. And 100 years from now, eight, 86 years from now, right, there's going to be another church that may potentially be able to say that. And Lake Worth was one of the contributors to it. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That would, that would make my world yeah. Yeah. And to, to that point, how many how many churches now can say that on a foreign field or here locally in the United States that we've been instrumental as a church over the last when we started, right? 86, 87 years, right? This year we 86. Am I uh, right on that? 87. 87. 87 okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, 80, 87 years worth of mission support that there there could be churches out there right now that can say that already. No, I absolutely agree. I think my biggest takeaway from this morning was what happens if we don't? Yeah. Right. I mean, you mentioned that currently we dip into our, our general fund to make up that other. Our, our commitments. Yeah. Commitments, which hey, we will do what we have to do. That's right. 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 That, that's the commitment. Um, but in a long-term play, how is that sustainable? Right. Maybe, maybe not. Right. And how, how many other churches maybe are in the exact same financial situation that we are, that 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 completely is not sustainable for them. Mm -hmm. But they still have these commitments. They still have a heart to give. Um, that that's my fear. What what happens if if we don't pick up that slack just across the board? Um, what does that mean? Does that mean that we have to start dropping missionaries? Um, I'd say God forbid. Yeah. It's it's not good. But it was good. It was good to hear it. I, you've you've taught similar messages. Um, but you're right. N nothing quite as targeted as as what you did, right? At eleven, it was good. Well, I mean, like that, it came from a, a series of discussions from Dan and I. It's like I, I heard the term, you know, and I, I didn't disagree with it. But I, I just committed myself this year to like I want to know where that comes from. I want to know why we have adopted this language. Yeah. 
And as I dug in, there's a couple of changes that administratively, I, I biblically, I think we should make, and we are. Um, but the term is an accurate term. It's a, it's a good term. It's a biblical term, as long as it's rightly understood. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's neat about this church is we got a, a kind of a fresh new opportunity. It wasn't so much, and I hope it didn't feel like this, because I sure didn't mean it to. It wasn't like we're failing. The fact is, like these, these missionaries that we've t- taken on, like a lot of them have been taken on by support from our church, from membership that uh, is no longer here. We've got a whole new church body, and they coming into this church have kind of uh, adopted this thing that was voted on without them. So it's not a bad thing. It's just like, okay, as a church, we still made this commitment, and so now we have these new church members. And like this is what we agreed to. Well, let's let's uh, let's keep on that track, and and like re up that commitment with these new people that God has mm-hmm. given us. And it's just a matter of just leveling the playing field, getting everybody on the same page. Do you think? Do you think it's hard? You know, as the preaching staff, right, the, the head of the church, the, the church leadership. Do you find it difficult to, you know, approach? discussions, sermons about the money, the funds, because I know there's a lot of perception out there where churches get a bad name for it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, even me and Zach, we've talked about it in the past just regarding like, you know, like a new building project, right? Where we're never about the numbers. Right. We, are, we aren't a numbers church. When that, and that comes down to dollar and cents and people. But, right, if you add to the church as we're commanded to do, that is a side product. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, and I'll answer for Zach on this <clears throat> since he answered for me oh, before. Really, <laughs> um, it there is a there is a negative perception about preaching on money. Uh, that's certainly something that the general church member or or maybe just general public uh, kind of sees as a uh, a negative thing. Uh, and, and I think that's because there are people who abuse it. Um, oh, you know, certainly. Hey, yeah. Send me your seed money and all of that. Well, obviously, we don't believe in that. We don't do that. Um, there is something deeply personal about teaching on finances. Um, and, and a lot of that's because we're all convicted about not doing it well. <laughs> I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Uh, but, you know, like, is it awkward occasionally? Uh, but am, am I shy about it? No, because it's in the book. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's we, we talked about this last week. There's over 2,300 verses in the Bible about uh, wealth and money and money management. Fifteen uh, percent of Jesus's teaching in the New Testament was about your heart on money. Um, a, a, what is it like? Um, Eleven, eleven of the 39 parables that Jesus taught were about wealth, riches, and how you manage your money. So that's like 15% of his teaching. 11% of the parables were about money. And so it's, it's God, God cares about how you spend your money. And so I should care about teaching about how you right. 
use your money in, in the same way that sin is awkward to talk about too. Right? You want to talk about how like your your uh, your sin is offensive to God? Well, that's kind of weird too because sin is deeply personal. Um, but we we talk about it because it's in the book. Um, and it's backed up. And so I, I think as long as what we're doing is backed up by um, an exposition of Scripture, then there's no reason to be shy about it. And it may be awkward, you know, but there's no reason to be shy about it. Right. Zach, do you think that, because you mentioned earlier, just a second ago, that uh, the landscape out there for other churches, um, that you, you believe that the majority of them are not... Um, having these discussions, They're, they aren't having dedicated times of, of the year to, to really focus in on stewardship, but primarily on finances. Um, I mean, what percentage do you think are out there that are just kind of, I mean, do you, do you think there's majority of churches just aren't having these discussions because they're scared of, you know, loss of membership or um, offending? Um, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think is the reason? I'll let Dan answer that. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was ready. I was, I was about to go. I've had the microphone well, up to well, my face. So, so what, one of the things before you answer, because yeah, I'm sure you have a wonderful answer, um, <laughs> is I've noticed that every church I've ever been in has no problem talking about missions giving. Yeah. But this, this, what we're talking about right now, the specific stewardship portions of it, like they'll preach on faith promise, they'll preach on giving to missions, but like our responsibility as stewards of what God has given us um, ha- has been a little remiss. And I mean, I don't know that I've, that I've, that I've necessarily been in more churches than most of the people in the room, but um, I- I've been in a few and there has been so, uh, just kind of a lack of that teaching on stewardship. So, um, I, I, Zach. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll say, I mean, I don't know if I've ever been to another church that I've heard a message on it, mm-hmm. especially not the way that we do it here. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll have to give my my system, you know, the wisdom of the system. I've, I've got to... Hold it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. I, I have to give that to my forebears. Um, it was it was through Brother Jerry Locke and, uh, and then partly his dad, uh, but mainly Brother Jerry, uh, that started teaching on this subject well before I I came along Mm -hmm. I mean it was it was 33 and a half years that he was he was here and I and I believe I wish he was here to correct me but I believe this is true that he started it right away and so there was over three decades of stewardship teaching and I just kind of dovetailed off of that wisdom. It was nothing that I came up with myself. I just saw how it, first of all, changed my life. And then when I became a pastor here, because and, and that's actually, I didn't mean to get into this, but, you know, we, we were coming here, my wife and I, and then we came on a stewardship month. And Tom, that's exactly what happened. I, I got a little, I got a little heart knock on my on my chest <laughs> and, and uh, God was saying, Zachary, uh, this is you. And, 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 but that's the thing. If you don't talk about it, you can't be convicted about yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> um, and so my wife and I, and this is a longer story we probably don't have time for, but my wife and I, we were, we were losing money. We had just bought a house. We had just 
rented, I say rented, uh, leased two cars from DM Leasing because, you know, that's what you do when you're young. You do irresponsible things. And, but it sounded uh, super cool. Yeah, it sounds so amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, why would they lie to you on a radio program? Why? Yeah, that's where all the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> lease their Mercedes. <laughs> exactly. And so we did that and, and we had our house and we had these cars and she was, she had just graduated from TCU and was making $10 an hour. I was working at a small municipality police department making $14 an hour mortgage, two lease cars. Uh, that was not a recipe for success. Hmm. And man, it it was tough, and we were we were losing money hand over fist. Well, we had, and mainly because Stephanie is a saint, but we had a lot of savings, thank goodness. But it, it, we were eating into it, and we came to a stewardship month. Boy, that was, you know, and I looked at tithing like a bill. I was like, I guess I guess God wants a bill too. I guess the government gets it, uh, you know. Taxes get it, you know, from uh, property taxes or whatever. Everybody gets their piece, and I guess I guess this is another bill. It's like a paying electricity. Um, you know, my wife and I sat at the kitchen table, and we were like, I guess we're going to do this. We're not. And we did. And I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. I have no idea because the math wasn't mathing. Like, I don't, I'm not, the reason why I'm a preacher is because I can't do math. <laughs> I can't do math at all. It shuts down my brain. But I know how to add and subtract. And we were making it. I was like, I have no idea. This, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then, you know, fast forward just a little bit, Stephanie got a new job and then I got a raise and, and you know, things started happening and I was like like right after we started tithing and I was like this is impossible this is impossible mm -hmm. and then it kept on changing my life and it kept on I was like all right all right got you got my attention and so by by the time I came with pastor I was like <laughs> like there's not a chance in the world we're not going to be talking about this this will bless your life you just I, I don't know. And, and, and actually, that's, that's what, Malachi 3? Mm -hmm. And he proved me now, you know? And God says, test it. Yeah. It's like the only time that God says, try it, loser. You know, try, try it. See if I don't bless you. See if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so large that you can't receive it. I, to this day, I'm, I'm still, like, I think back in those times. And it nearly drives me down to my knees because, like, I, we were drowning financially. But God, right? Yeah. But God. And, uh, and, like, I know if somebody starts, it will change your life. Even, even if you do it kind of for the wrong attitude, right. like even if you're looking at it and God's just like, I don't care. Just, just, just trust me, even begrudgingly, just trust yeah. me. And, and, and it, it will, God will change your heart about it and won't be begrudging anymore. It will be the most glorious thing that you have ever done. I even forgot what we were talking about. What was well, the question? So the, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the, 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 the cool thing about that story is, yeah. is it's just a it's a proof of stewardship as well, right? Sure. Because as when, when you look at from a from a business perspective back back then, right? Like if you were a good steward, mm 
you got more responsibility. Sure. Um, yeah. W- 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 when you look at the the parable of the talents, right? The the stewards that were given money and were given a certain amount and performed well with it, they were given more responsibility and more things to be stewards over, right? And and I think our our concept sometimes is well, if I'm if I'm a good steward, then I'll just keep trudging along being a good steward and uh, well god hasn't really blessed me with any more money or i'm not any i'm not i haven't gotten to a certain point where this is the goal that i set for myself right yeah but look around you know have have your uh one of the stories i love about my grandfather is like he also did like he got saved and he got saved later on in life and he didn't tithe and um one day he, he he his pastor preached about tithing and he, he was talking to the pastor afterwards about it. And he's like, I just don't get it. And the pastor was like, well, why don't you try it? Try yeah. it for a year. Sure. And it let me, and then we'll talk about it then. And a yeah. year later, my grandpa was like, he's like, I don't make any more. I don't have any more money and <laughs> savings than I <laughs> used to. Amazing. And the pastor was like, well, hang on though. How many times have your kids, because my dad was like, used to be in the, in the hospital a lot. And he was like, well, how many times has Ivan and my dad uh, been in the hospital this last year? And my grandpa sat back in the chair at the kitchen table and he's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. He's like, how many times has, has this happened? Or how many problems have you had in this area? Like how many, how many car issues have you had? And we don't, we always think of it that God's going to bless us the way that we think he should right. bless us. And we, we don't look at all the ways that he's blessing these other facets of our life because we're so focused on like, well, he hasn't given me any more money. Right. Well, but he also hasn't, he's, he's blessed in other portions of your life where the car that was on its last leg two years ago, you know, it's still on its last leg somehow. Like it's, it's, right. it hasn't broke down. It's still well, that, running. That's, he's that's still also being part of Malachi three. Yeah. Uh, it's like I he, God says I will rebuke the devourer. Mm-hmm. In other words, He's like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna protect you. All the stuff that would eat because I'll tell you this: you you don't tithe and you know better. God will get it back. Like <laughs> you're just gonna so be. <laughs> yeah, so true. yeah he, he's gonna he's gonna get it in your car. He's gonna get it in that yeah. dishwasher that broke down. He's mm-hmm. gonna get it in the, the the dryer that you need. I mean, you're gonna be like hanging out your laundry on the roof of your house. You know, he's gonna get it back. Uh, but but God says it's, it's, so. You're right, Tom. It's not like just you, you know a Fortune 500 company's like, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn and I think you're a great candidate. <laughs> that's not what it is. It's also it's also the the little blessings that don't eat mm-hmm. into us. And and He says, I will rebuke the devourer. I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep your clothes. I'll keep your I'll keep your stuff. And um, I, I you know somebody could just offhandedly dismiss that. But God says, that's real. Yeah. This is what I will do. And uh, that's, uh, that's really how we have to look at it. I think Kyle, you, you're the one that asked me the question, right? And like, what I think it, I don't know how to answer that. Um, other than the fact that like, I see the landscape of just evangelical churches. Let's just use that term because, because, but, a lot of the churches today, you know, 80 and under, and a lot of pastors bivocational, and they stay there. I, I think a lot of the reason why is because they're, people don't know. Hmm. People don't know. They're not paying a salary for a, 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 a pastor. 
And uh, the pastor's really not able to grow because he's working two jobs, trying to pastor a church and working another job. I think, I think you shoot yourself in the foot spiritually uh, without coaching your people and teaching them biblical principle uh, of stewardship. So there's probably all kinds of things that we could say in there, but uh, that I do know is that the majority of this country is made up of smaller churches. I think, Dan, yeah, at least under 100 for sure. And with those smaller churches, um, like we're able to accomplish churches double our size with, with the staff and what we, what we do. Uh, double our size, easy. Um, but these churches with a with a hundred or less people, and, and they have a bivocational pastor because they're just limping along, uh, because everybody's just so tight fisted they don't get it. And so, but I tell you this, they 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 won't if you don't talk about it. That's, I I think that's probably more the reason why. I think that's um, that that's probably true. But but a part of a part of my mind goes back because if we're talking about just stewardship in terms of uh, everything that God's blessed us with, like a, a part of me thinks that every message you preach is technically a stewardship message. Mm. It's God has given you life or opportunity or time. What are you doing with it? And um, I mean, I mean, because stewardship is really like while it is not the overarching story of the Bible. It is one of the kind of meta narratives that that flow through every story, every every narrative. Uh, from the very very beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's God has given you something. What are you doing with it? How are you maximizing what God has given you as gain for his glory? And and to Zach's point, to go back to to even the very beginning of time that uh, in the garden, God blessed Adam with a a wonderful garden, uh, and the the mission that Adam was given was not to um, now go through and figure out what every one of these things tastes like, right? And and what's your favorite? Let me know what your favorite is. You know, get get fat, be happy, just enjoy it, like lay around. Th- that was not what God told him. God told him that you need to keep and dress it. Mm-hmm. That you need to protect what I've given you, and you need to make it better. You need to to keep cultivating and making it better. Now, the, the not-so-subtle implication is that Adam would then walk in the cool of the evening with God and say, hey, God, I've got this idea about this. How, how do you keep this thing alive? How do we, how do we make this better? And like this, this communion, this relationship with God that would lead Adam to be a better steward of what God had, had given them. But, but that, I mean, that's, that's at the very beginning. But, but every other passage in the Bible is, I mean, technically a stewardship passage. What are, what are you doing with what God has given you? And I, I think that that is the key to preaching that, I'm not trying to say we have some kind of secret sauce, um, but, but I think that is a key to, to preaching is really the, the point of application, right? Here's the truth. Now, what are you going to do with it? Um, and then helping people understand how you work that into your life. It, it, it makes teaching stewardship on finances all the easier because that is the teaching style. Uh, and our people are accustomed to hearing, you know, a, a message about what you do with the truth that's set before you. 
So I think it makes it easier for us. I, I can't really speak to all of the other churches because uh, thankfully I, I don't go to, uh, to, to the, you know, I didn't, I, God, no, I, that's a, uh, that's probably a harsh way to say it. Thankfully I don't go to your church. Uh, it's kind of a bad way to say <laughs> that, but I mean, thankfully God has blessed me with some stability in, in my church home yeah. and I, I don't have to, uh, go around and, and, and see what everybody else is doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it can be it can be awkward, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Especially if if you consider everything in the Bible, an, an opportunity to talk about stewardship, God's truth, and what you're doing about it. When I've I've seen some other churches that we associate with, because I man I I talk this up, and I've I've seen some other churches pick this up now, and I I, I couldn't be happier for it. At least a Sunday, at least a, yeah. and it maybe maybe not a whole month. I don't know. I mean, just do do what as the spirit leads for your church. But I'm just happy to see more guys talking. A good friend of mine I just saw last week posted a really. I might steal it his his sermon. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but for real. I mean, he he uh, he had committed to preaching more on giving and tithing and. Uh, he started, and he used the beginning of the year. It's just a good time to kind of put a spiritual push a re, uh, spiritual reset on that topic. Yeah, uh, I, I know I sent out like some some points earlier, but I, to Dan's comment on kind of how we how the the meta narrative in the Bible is just good stewardship. I, I think. That might be one of the things that, uh, for me, has made it a lot easier throughout the the month of January as we're in stewardship month to talk about those things and be receptive to those things because, uh, the the points that I that I had sent out earlier was um, know the owner right when we talk about stewardship recognize our role point to Christ invest what we've been giving given and be willing to let go, um, if you were to come into this church you'll hear those points in just about every message that you hear preached, right? We, we make it a, we make it a point here at Lake Worth to know who the owner of uh, our things are and who we should be giving credit to the things that we have, um, that we are a part of that plan. Right. Uh, and, and just so many that everything that we do points to Christ, right? Like to know Jesus and make him known is, is kind of our, our motto here at the church. And when you, when you look at all that, that, that is what stewardship is about. And uh, Kyle and I were talking a little bit before everybody got up here about the, the be willing to let go. Um, for, for me, that's like, that, that, that's a key thing. Like if I'm not willing to let go of something that God has given me, then I'm making it mine. Like I'm not, I'm not making it his right. anymore. Right. And then I'm no longer being a steward of it. I'm like, well, this is mine. This is, this is something that, you know, this is just mine. God didn't have any, I got this for myself. Um, and so then I'm not willing to let it go. Well, then I'm not being, a, I'm not really being a steward. Anything I do should, I should be willing to let go of if God calls me to that. I've let people borrow books like that. I said, you can borrow this <laughs> yeah, for a time. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Somehow it's become theirs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, pastors and their dwindling libraries. That it is. Well, I, I call mine a living library because uh, I do. I give out a lot of books. Um, but yeah, there's a quote by Corey Tim Boom that I absolutely love. And she said, uh, learn to hold on to everything loosely. Mm-hmm. That way it doesn't hurt as much when God pries it out of my hands. <laughs> she said that about her sister who was, who was killed in a concentration camp. And she had prayed that her sister not be taken, and, and uh, she was, and Corey survived, and her sister did not. And uh, I remember Chuck Swindoll told a story. She, at her latter days, attended the church that he was pastoring. And she came to shake his hand after the sermon, and his kids were still small. And uh, she said that line to him. She said, hold on to them loosely. Hold on to them loosely. He said, I saw her face. And you could see the, uh, the pain of losing her sister in her eyes. And uh, really, really sobering thought. That's where we're talking about circumstances today as well. They can change. They can change. Is it God's right? Is it God's prerogative? Maybe it's not rich in finances. Maybe it's rich in faith in the middle of trial and affliction. Is it possible? Oh, it is. It's very possible. And uh, we need to be mindful of that. Is it really God's? Because if you haven't reconciled that in your mind, it will hurt a lot. And, and it has. It's, it's derailed a lot of people in their faith, hasn't it? Yeah. God didn't do this for me. God didn't do that for me. And uh, we didn't realize that our life was his and um, realize, you know, what it means to live in a sin-cursed world with sinful people and selfish uh, tendencies. And things get ripped apart. What do you have left? Well, stewardship says you still have you still have your relationship with God. Stewardship says you still have you still have an ability to pray. Stewardship says you still have spiritual treasure. Spiritual uh, stewardship says you still have uh, your your uh, emotional control and a good testimony that you can live out in the middle of bad circumstances. God didn't promise you circumstances. He promised to be your God forever, to be with you uh, uh, through it all. And uh, if you if you make stewardship just about getting, 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 uh, you've really you've missed the point. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that um, that stewardship was unnatural to new Christians. I was thinking about that as you were talking. It's unnatural to people. It's unnatural sure. to like the American dream, right? Uh, right. We're, we're taught to just to to get and to retain, to to buy and sell and 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 get gain, and uh, you know, uh, continue to grow this this nest egg that we have. And, and to to some degree, planning for your retirement is a great part of of stewardship. That you are you are using what God has given you to r- relieve the burden of your family and friends for a time when you can't work. That is proper stewardship. But 
Um, you know, if we're, if we're never willing to give away what isn't ours, then you're, then to his point, we're missing the point of stewardship. I wrote a line for last week's sermon that I didn't uh, I didn't read over. Um, and so you're welcome to take it for, you know, for next week's uh, sermon on generosity. But okay. uh, and it's not Ooh. quite as. Yeah, it's not Less as. Less work that I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, six words that you don't have to. <laughs> um, it, it's not as uh, probably potent or, or moving as Corey Ten Boom. But uh, I, I wrote that um, open wallets can give just as easy as they receive. Um, and I, it was said. You know, it's very ten boom of me, right? Because you know, but open, <laughs> open wallets, open hands. Uh, uh-huh. You can you can give just as easy as God can uh, can give back to you, um, and that's part of God's um, supernatural economy. I, 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 like like you mentioned earlier, I I, I can't explain it, um, and luckily I don't have to uh, explain all of the ins and outs of it. But uh, but this kind of supernatural way that God says, hey, you're. Which is a wonderful. I think that's like the final element, or one of the final elements of stewardship is, is that God, for whatever reason, chooses to reward you for doing what He asks you to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, I was going to say. What is reasonable for you right. to do? Well, that's that, that's kind of the logic I was thinking of while studying for this. Is <clears throat> you know how many times, how many stories, and this may have happened personally to you, where um, you know, as you were saying, Zach, you know, hey, you know. You, Hey, me and my wife, we're getting down to it, and we're we're di- dipping into savings, and the math doesn't check out, right? Um, how many how many times does he um, still provide, right? Where yeah. I mean, I, I think my parents have a story like this, where they have a story where they just heard a knock on the door one day, and it was someone saying, "Hey, I just felt led to give this to you." And it's just thousands. I remember that day, thousands of dollars. Just here we go, right when you needed it. Um, but going on to what you were saying, Dan, you're like, if we if if we as Christians can understand that it's not ours to begin with, mm-hmm. right? But we are in charge of, of, of keeping it secure and, and growing and keeping it safe, right? Um, but if we aren't willing to let go of it, wh- what are we saying to God, right? I think it, it, we're saying that you know this is mine, my my pride. <laughs> I, I'm stealing this away from you, God. This is now mine. Thank you for what I deserve. Right, which you don't. <laughs> which is nothing. Right. Yeah. But the other side of it is, and I think you just said it, Dan, right, that he is so just and such a good God that he rewards us for giving things back to him. Like, they're his. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, he gives yeah. you, let's, let's just say money. Let's say he gives you funds. You tithe. You give offerings. Hope, you know, the, the promise missions. You're, you're doing everything, Right. And he richly blesses your life, let's just say, with more money, right? It's all his money anyway, right? You've, you've, you've given back, you know, you've given back to the church. You've given back uh, to the ministries the church is involved in, but he still lets you keep what is even his still. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, either way, right? Yeah, that, that was another great uh, thing from the story in First Chronicles twenty nine from from last week that very quotable message that I'm still upset we haven't quoted yet, um, but but David is at, you know is at the end of his life and he's he's devoted the end of his life to to amassing this treasure for the nation for the temple right. yet you know even though he's done all that he still goes above and beyond of his own personal store and he gives this wonderful prayer where he kind of he lets people understand 
or really he's just talking to God and, and really uh, it exposes some truths about stewardship. But one of the things that he says in verse 14 uh, of, of chapter 29 is, but who am I and what is thy people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. We're just giving back to you your stuff. Like why, why is that such a blessed position? Uh, but for whatever reason, God, God says, you know what? I, like you, you've done what I've asked you to do, and and there's reward for that. And 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 honestly, that is, I I think that just speaks to the graciousness of God, and that's exactly what will happen. You know, at the end of our lives, like we we've lived these, you know, troubled, stained lives, uh, but God has allowed us to partner with Him in ministry, and even though we are sorry and fail, God still says but you did some good stuff and I'm going to reward you for that. Uh, and it's just like, what, what, what? why me? Really? I, I know me. You already uh, gave us salvation and you still want to reward us beyond that. Like right. what? And that's one, that's one of the great things about, I think it's one of my biggest motivations about, about serving the Lord with my time. Uh, really like being a good steward is that, um, you know, there, there's a great scene in revelation where after, uh, God rewards us for things that we did that he told us to do that really deserve no reward. Right. It's kind of like when you go to the fast food restaurant and they ask for a tip and you're like, what? Like, why is this now a tip? Like, you're right. just doing what I've asked you to do. You put something in a microwave, gave it back to me. I'm not giving you a tip for that. Uh, but in God's economy, we get a tip for that. We, we, we do what God has asked us to do with the things that he has given us with the time and the life that he has given mm-hmm. us and graciously blessed us with. And yet at the end, uh, even even in this life rewards us, but yeah, at the end rewards us even more uh, for, for just doing what he asked. But there's a great scene where uh, we're able then one final time to take all that he has given us and, and cast it at his feet. Finally, point it in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's because he because he's worthy, right? Um, and and you know, I just uh, to be honest, I can't wait for that day, and and I want to live my life in a way that I've got something to give back. I don't want to be empty-handed in that scene. That would be a waste. Hmm. But certainly, God is gracious to give us you know something. But I I want that to be as as much as possible to say that I, I truly have maximized my, my time in my life, not for my own good, not because I'm going to stack crowns, you know, 13, 14 high on this head. Although this head could fit 14 crowns. We, we know that, uh, but that, that I'll have all of that to give back to Jesus. Who's yeah. worthy of it all. Um, I got distracted there for a second thinking about heaven. Um, healthy, but <laughs> fair. Yeah, the end, the end of stewardship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, what a wonderful, what a wonderful thing, sure. the graciousness of God. Well, look at that. We we went from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Stewardship. I think that means we, we're we good stewards of this time together. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that so. we've stewarded the mysteries of God well. <laughs> I think so. And, and explaining. Well, I did also want to kind of give a plug for that afternoon service um, that Brother Terry provides. Um, it's more of a practical look on finances. We'll take a look at budgeting, um, you know, the order of, you know, how to invest, where do you put it um, for prosperity, right, within mm-hmm. your your bank accounts and things like that. Um, but, you know, if anyone's listening to this and 
you know, it's, listen, you know, something I still struggle with. I, I think you're only human if you struggle with giving your finances to the Lord, right? That's just part of it. Um, if that's something you struggle with and you, you need answers and you, you need help, um, we, we would love to minister to you. We'd love to answer your questions. We'd love to talk to you about it. And here's your invitation. We'd love to have you here on a Sunday afternoon in January, 1.30 on a Sunday afternoon. We'd love to help in any way we can um, and just minister to you. Seriously. If you can't make it to those, they are online. So we do stream our 1.30 service to Facebook. And so uh, you can see all those videos online at Facebook. It's always good material. So, it, I mean, if you were looking for the super course, the yeah. the master class uh, you could go back three or four years and and take all of the uh, all of those classes but yeah. uh, wonderful practical information about staying out of debt and then once you're out of debt what do you do with the money that you have in your bank account right right and I think we're is the fifth year I don't remember fourth or fifth it's, year I think it is, yeah um, that, we, that he's been doing this I mean he's by all means a financial expert um in the space, um, but so we know it'll be beneficial to you. But yeah, like Dan said, if you can't make it here on a Sunday, um, we have that digitally for you. Um, if you'd like that, if you need that directly sent to us, uh, sent to you, let let us know. Um, we'd love to to engage with you. Uh, you can get a hold of us at podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. You can reach out to us on social media at LWBC underscore publications on both Facebook and Instagram. If you like the podcast, uh, we would appreciate it if you would follow and share. Uh, we just uh, love to be in more people's lives and share some truth and uh, hopefully just be a, a blessing. Uh, it's, it's a blessing to us every week, uh, every other week now, when we uh, have people that comment to us that they've listened and uh, that they've enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's a blessing to us. It, it actually does let us know that we're being good stewards of the, the time and resources we've been given. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before we end? Uh, before God wants any of your resources, he wants your heart. All right. That's all. Amen. <laughs> so be it. Well, as Tom said, um, we're on a bi-weekly schedule, so we'll see you in two weeks. In the meantime, have a blessed two weeks. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's cold out there today. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. Brother.